Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about our new movie, Let Me In? I am, because after all, we are the watchers of movies. So, how is it going? How's your Saturday it's going? It's good. It's going good so yeah. far. I took a walk. So that's nice. Nice. How's yours? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's been good. I watched the movie. So, um, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but we did have a mini topic that we were going to talk about. Um, since it's such a mainstream topic, we were going to talk about vampires in the media. Uh, or vampire movies, Vampires vampire shows, whatever. <laughs> in the media. Um, so, I I don't know. I mean, I, I guess, like, my first thing that I thought of was uh, Twilight, naturally. <laughs> because why wouldn't I think of Twilight of originally when it's I first think of classic. vampire movie? Yeah. I also thought of Dracula. <laughs> um, but I would not say that Twilight is one of my favorite vampire movies in any way, shape, or form. Not. not even close. Uh, <laughs> I did really like Queen of the Damned, though. Did you ever see that movie? I never did. No. The trailer that one is... Good. It's, um... It's not great. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. It's not, it's not like, a great film... I've watched it many times because I love it, but I would say, like, objectively, it's not it's not a great film. And, like, the, the woman who wrote it, Anne Rice, she pretty much, like, denies its existence because she hated it so much because she felt it was so different from the original source material. But, um... Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um... But then I was thinking about The Strain, of course... Because I had just recently seen that within the past couple months. And I would, like, recommend that to anyone. I think it's so good. I, the only, like, literally the only issue that I had was that they're disgusting. Which isn't the issue. That's, that's not the issue so much as that they're gross, like, the way that they look. It's the blood that they have. Because their blood is white. So it, like, kind of looks <laughs> It kind of looks like cum. <laughs> and every time you just like a like huge like like arterial like spray of blood would like come out. I'm like, oh my god, oh that's so gross. And there's like worms in it too. And that is what makes it like extra nasty, is that there's like these like worms Why in is... it, and that's how people get the, the virus. Oh, the worms? What? Yeah. The worms yeah. get them the virus? Yeah. Interesting. Yep. I like, I see something I really like about uh, fantasy, I guess, fantasy movies is with vampires, there's so much wiggle room and I like seeing what people can sort of cook up. So even though like worms is kind of gross, I I kind of like tip my hat to a a sort of creative turn and that's interesting. It's very clever. Twilight, Twilight really bothers me with the lore because... I'm going against what I just said, that there is wiggle room, but, like, vampires, <laughs> part of their appeal is that they're dark, and the sparkliness, and, like, 
vegan vampires or whatever they are that really was I don't know it just, yeah it rubbed me no, the wrong way because I think you're taking you're taking it too far you know way too far in the other direction like right you're trying to make this clean cut like this reformed evil character and I think that's appealing to some women who like want a bad boy maybe but they don't want him to act bad so that's sort of right. like the appeal but I, I just wish, why did they have to sparkle, you know? I mean, why couldn't he just I know. be like, he, I understand like, oh, okay, I'm a vampire that doesn't drink blood. I, that, you could work that into some sort of mythology in some way, but then all the extra junk that's added in, I thought was really bothersome. Well, they do drink blood. They just don't drink human blood. Oh, you're right. Okay, they yeah. drink animal yeah. blood. Yeah, they drink yeah. animal okay. blood, yeah. So yeah, see, that's not yeah. that bad. It's just like the sparkliness. But and... the sparkle thing is weird. Yeah, yeah, and then how he, he like destroyed the bedroom on their wedding night because he just couldn't contain his sexual <laughs> hunger. I thought that was really weird. And then she mysteriously got me pregnant, too. which really bothers me. So, I mean, he's dead. Right, because that doesn't make any sense. He can't impregnate somebody. He's dead. So, anyway, that's that's just too ridiculous, I think. No, I, um, so I read all the books. (laughs) Um, Did you read any of the books? I did not. I've seen all the movies, but some more than once. But I I have not seen the the last one. Um, they're, I mean... The, sm- the source material is certainly not vast. It is certainly not, like, super complex. There's nothing about it that's really, like, very interesting, to be honest with you. Um, I think <clears throat> that as far as that goes, I kind of like my vampires to be more predatory, you know? Well, that I like them to I be a little that's... bit... Yeah, I mean, That's I like natural, them to be kind of yeah. scary. Like, and I like, I, I kind of like the way that they're done in, like, Vampire Diaries, where they have, um, they're able to, like, walk in sunlight if they have a certain, it's like a lapis lazuli stone that was, like, blessed by a witch or something like that. So they kind something of have Something everyone a lore. can get their hands on. <laughs> right, right. But, like, they have a lore within that that's, like, um... It's definitely a lot more in-depth, obviously, than, like, Twilight is. And Twilight's just kind of... Twilight is, like... Is, like... It's, like, Stephanie Meyer wants so badly to be Bella for some reason that it's just, like, nothing... There's just nothing interesting about the story. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I think there's... There's a lot more that she could have done with it. The root of the story is it's it's for girls like everybody, every girl, maybe not. Okay, I'm speaking in too many generalities. Most girls, when they're like 13 or 14, you know, before you really start dating and before you really get into that world, you kind of almost want somebody to just be obsessed with you, you know? Yeah. And I think those books were written from an adult who still wants somebody to be obsessed with her because that's what it is. <laughs> Edward is obsessed with Bella. That so yeah, the root of the story, true. the root of the story is like two people who have nothing outside of each other. It's really unhealthy. Right. And she just added the vampire twist, you know, because why well, of course he'd be obsessed with her because her blood smells amazing or whatever, you know. 
So I think the root and is And they just never explain this... that either. Like, they they don't explain, like, why he can't hear her thoughts. You know? Yeah. But yeah. Someone had... I read something somewhere that someone... It was, like, a, one of those, um, like, headcanon things or whatever, you know, that people write online, like, for, like, fan fiction and stuff like that. And it was, like... Um, what they could have done with Bella is had her have some sort of like werewolf blood and that's maybe why he couldn't hear her thoughts, but they never went into that. So you're just like, she's a normal girl, but for some reason she's like extraordinary, but she's super boring at the same time. But like, they can't hear her thoughts, so she's unique and different. But I'm like, but is she? Because she doesn't see, like, she's like the equivalent of Belle in... And um, Beauty and the Beast being like, Romeo and Juliet is my favorite Shakespeare play. Like, it's like, could you be any more generic? <laughs> you know? Her only, her identity is Edward. Yeah. Also, um, uh, Bella is considered a Mary Sue, which is like a very two-dimensional, boring character. You know, just like, yeah. there, there's not much to her. Like, in... In the book, she's, like, supposedly, like, really smart, but um, you don't ever see it. It's, like, like she's reading, like, um, I don't know, like, Shakespeare or something. Not Romeo and Juliet, but, like, she's reading all this stuff. And so she's highly intelligent, but then it's just, like, but nothing is ever done about it. You know, she's just, like, this weird kind of, like, borderline desperate girl who um, is... You know, this guy's, like, watching her sleep, and she's just, like, totally okay with it. <laughs> you know? She's like, oh, it's you're really, watching me sleep. It's bizarre. Is there anything I can do in the future to make my sleep more entertaining for you, Edward? Like, <laughs> you know? Did I she mean, say that in the no, book? No, no. Just, no. I'm oh. just being facetious. <laughs> um, I think also, <laughs> she has, like, a mental, like, a full mental breakdown, it seems like, when Edward breaks up with her. Like beyond yeah. just having a broken heart, it's like she can't function anymore. And in the movies, they have those ridiculous scenes where she like defies death because she can see like an, a floating image of oh him. It's so ridiculous. So stupid. It's, if anything, it, if anything, it's like a bad lesson for young women. Like, yes, you should be so obsessed with uh, your significant other. You should be so obsessed with them that you can't function if they're not around, you know, it's, it's, it's really weird. And then the whole getting pregnant on the wedding night thing is like, oh, and a baby makes three wink, wink. And that really drives me nuts as well. Like, well, and I also think that her getting pregnant wasn't like even really something that needed to happen. Like it it just, it it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't have like, and honestly, the whole thing is a little creepy because then Jacob is like, oh, it's she's super the love pedophile. of my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and you're like, honey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, really like, gross. She's the it's love of my life. And I'm like, dude, one years old. She's one year old. Like, maybe, wait, 18 years. Just think it. It's, just saying. Like, then see how you feel. It's really gross. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. Th- it's super there's gross. There's something so inherent. There's something so inherently gross about anyone, man or woman, raising a child in some fashion and then having a sexual relationship with them when they're of age. That's really disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. I, so it reminds me of something that you said in the Phantom of the Opera episode. You, 
<laughs> Everyone loves a fan about... of the opera, and it's just a movie about a pedophile. Or a play not, about a pedophile. No, no, not the and part. And everyone's that's okay with it. <laughs> no, I'm just bothered. No. You lit a fire in me when you said fan of the opera. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Um, no, anyway, keep going. <clears throat> no, there's a part where you said something about, it's like if you took your kid to see a music teacher and the music teacher was like, you know what, in a couple of years, I think we're going to get married. <laughs> and it made me laugh so hard. And like every time I listen to that part, I just like lose my shit because it's just like the way you say it is so perfect, but also like, spot on (laughs) everyone's so okay with that story and it really is a creepy story but (laughs) i'm glad i know Uh, well anyway let's okay so but also um, what we do in the shadows is a really good vampire i love that i i've seen that i've never seen the show but the movie is pretty funny it's ridiculous and i like how ridiculous it is yeah this show is really funny. And Matt Berry's in it, too, and he's awesome. So, um, you know, he was in the There's IT a guy crowd. from The Office in it, and his name is uh, Mark Proch, I think is his name. And he is so funny in The Office. And Mike and I found um, some... Mike found some YouTube videos of him doing comedy, and it's it's outrageous. So, And he's in the show, What We Do in the Shadows, and that made... And I just is he bald? that. Yeah, he's like is he is he's he like well nerdy. Guy? He's got glasses. And he's yeah, nerdy. okay, yeah. yeah. His mm-hmm. name is um, shit. His name they always call him by his full name is something like. Uh, I can't remember, but he, his character. So he's a vampire, but he's an emotional vampire. So what he does is he goes to people and he's just like, hey, how about that stapler over there? That stapler has been really weird and like not working for me. Like it's just super odd, and and people will just start to feel like really drained of energy and they're like starting or no he's an energy vampire that's it and they'll like start to like fall asleep because he doesn't take their blood he just takes their energy by like boring them essentially (laughs) so he works in like an office it's a really funny show i think you should watch it he um the movie is really clever like i really i want to see the movie yeah i think um i think you'd like the show but like anyway so he like works in an office so it's like the perfect place to like just have small chat because that's mm-hmm. where he's feeding. That's like his main feeding ground is the office. And all these people are like falling asleep <laughs> while they're like listening to him just ramble on and on. Like he's so boring. And uh, his, his character is pretty funny. So um, yeah, yeah, he's funny. He's I a funny like guy. He's on an episode of Drunk History. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. should look up his, he's got some videos on YouTube where he went to various local news, news places and, pretended to be this character who would do like yo-yo shows in front of schools (laughs) and he was totally inept and Mike found them and he showed them to me and they were so funny I still laugh about them like I watch them I could watch them now and laugh almost as hard as the first time I watched them so I'd recommend it and he he was on later seasons of The Office and he was funny but anyway so instead of Twilight what we do in the shadows is fun I think we should talk about True Blood. Well, I've read the books. I've read almost all of the books. Um, I think I maybe haven't read maybe like five of them. And there's like 20. So there's a lot of books out there of uh, about Suki Stackhouse. And the show doesn't really follow the books. But um, 
I knew that Eric and Sookie were going to hook up. I didn't want to see that because I hated their relationship so much. And so I stopped watching it the third season because I didn't want to. I just didn't want to see it. Yeah. Like I had (laughs) I had mixed feelings about True Blood. I thought season one was really strong. It was a really cool arc with like the killer and the vampires and the love story and the just the mythological creatures. And they gave a reason why Sookie was so appealing because she eventually you learn she's like part fae, which is like yeah, a fairy, yeah. I guess. But I just think they started going downhill so fast after maybe like the first two seasons. And I, near the end, there was like, I don't know if it was the last two seasons or the last, se- like I started watching it just cause I was watching it with some friends and it was like our thing to watch True Blood together, but I would have stopped watching it way sooner just because I thought it got more and more ridiculous. And um, I think the last season I stopped watching entirely because it was too stupid. And I, I just, I don't think I'd ever watch it again. Like, when I think back on it, I think it was fun to watch with my friends, but I don't think it was, like, a great show. I don't care about it, you know. I own the first two seasons. I'm looking at them right now, actually. <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking about that. I'm like, I own the first two. So I would watch the first two again, but I don't. I would never finish it at this point, honestly. And I didn't even want to finish it when it was on, let alone now, which has been like years and years later. So I yeah. I understand where you're coming from. I like the the second season was so different from like the books and everything, and um and also Bill is not a good guy like in the books at all. He's a total jackass. Like he is only dating Sucky. Because um, one of the, like, kings or queens asked him to, I think, like, Sophie Ann or whatever, the um, Evan Rachel Woods character. Also, she's, like, 14 or 13 in the in the books. She's, like, young. She's a baby. Um, but she's been alive for, like, thousands of years. So she's old, but she's she's got a very young body. Yeah, I didn't mind the vampire lore that they created, though, in the show initially, the first couple mm-hmm. seasons. They couldn't go out in the daylight. And then I liked that they had, like, the whole show is centered around, like, synthetic blood. So they don't have to feed on humans anymore. And, like, Sookie's brother and the, like, Lizzie Kaplan's character who had a vampire trapped in their basement. I thought that was really interesting. So I think that they, like, the way that they dealt with vampires and just fantasy creatures in general, at first, I really enjoyed. And then, like everything else on the show, it got increasingly ridiculous. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like we should also talk about the one that started it all, which actually was not Dracula. It was called The Vampire by, I don't know, some guy that worked with, like, Lord Byron or whatever. Um, (laughs) But... Um, that, that story, the vampire was what had actually inspired Bram Stoker to write Dracula. And have you, did you ever see Dracula with, um, Gary Oldman? No. Ken Reeves? That's a good one. It's a really good movie. Gary Oldman and Winona Ryder have like hands down some of the best chemistry I've ever seen in any movie ever. Like amazing fantastic chemistry yeah like so good it's so good i love that movie it's a great movie um it's i recommend it 100 you know i mean i i know that they've made some other ones i know that they have that show out 
on Netflix, and I kind of want to see that. It looks interesting. But, yeah, the Gary Oldman one is, it's a good one. It's a good movie. Yeah. I have it if you ever want to watch it, so. Yeah, maybe. I have it. I like Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. (laughs) Yeah, I do, too. I also like Gary Oldman. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins is in it as well. So. Oh, I don't care about him. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I love Anthony Hopkins. I like him too. I'm just kidding. (laughs) He's a good actor. He's a good actor. Anyway, did you want to talk about the movie? Okay. Okay. So I wanted to start um, going into this by talking about, um, I'm just going to kind of dive right into it. I wanted to talk about the relationship with the father and Abby compared to the one in Let the Right One In. Because okay, I <clears throat> so I have to say, I did like the movie. I thought it was good. I think that I liked the Swedish version better, though. I thought the Swedish version was a little creepier. It had more subtlety, and it was like there was kind of this unnerving feeling to the whole film that I didn't quite get and let me in. Um, but one of the things I thought was kind of interesting in Let the Right One In was that I thought that the father and the little girl, um, uh, her name is Eli in Let the Right One In, that he maybe was like a pedophile and their relationship was that he would give, he would go out and he would kill people for her to feed on. And like in exchange, he gets to spend time with like a little girl. Um, in the let me in, I didn't really understand what his motivation was to kill these people for her because it didn't seem like he was getting anything in return. You know what I mean? Well, I think the the gist of the whole movie is he was her little boy at one time and now he's old and he's getting tired and not as good at killing. Oh, that's so right. She has to find a new... She's basically finding a new little boy to be her lifelong companion, his lifelong, until he dies. So I don't, I guess I didn't, I wouldn't get a pedophile vibe because I think the implication is that they've been together since he was a child. And now he's old and he's tired of it. And he still, I mean, he obviously, they are bonded, like in some way she bonds with them and now she just finds a new little boy and this new little boy will grow into an old man killing for her i think so i think yeah. his motivation is just she's been my companion she finds displaced and lonely children and she bonds with them and then i think their motivation is just she's all they have basically okay yeah that makes a lot more sense see i didn't even like think of that i didn't put two and two together like that um but I just, I thought that was a more, I thought that was an interesting way to have their characters be, um, like the, like the way that it was and let the right one in. Obviously this is a different film, so whatever. But, um, you know, the, the person who played Owen's mother is the, the mom in, um, in Stranger Things. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't you know never that see- because you never see her face. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. You totally never see it. But I'm looking at the cast list right now. Uh, Cara Buono. Yeah, she plays She plays oh, the wow. mom in, in Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's kind of cool. I think you're uh, right. I do agree with you. Um, I think that you're right that Let the Right One In is 
strong a stronger film I really like let me in though I think it's really good I love the concept and I the cinematography the cinematography is beautiful the lighting the coloring and um there's things that I have issues with that we'll get to later but in terms of let the right one in I agree with you that that one's creepier and I have a a more easier time believing that the little boy in let the right one in would be more capable of killing. The little boy in Let Me In seemed just a little bit too innocent and too much of a victim. He did have those yeah. moments where he was like, what are you scared of, little girl? And he was like pretending to stab, apparently, a little girl. But that was really the only tendency toward violence and interest in violence that we really saw, and that was so fleeting that I didn't quite buy that he would potentially be... A serial killer basically for her but in let the right one in, i remember thinking that the little boy had slightly more a slightly more evil undertone or like fascination yeah. with the macabre that i bought that he would kill a little bit better so right i think you're right that it was sort of creepier i don't well i don't think that he i in in um let me in i don't think owen was fantasizing about stabbing a little girl i think he was fantasizing about stabbing the bullies because they kept saying oh, they called him a yeah little girl. yeah because that's what they kept oh. yeah yeah dylan <laughs> that Minette's makes character. way more sense <laughs> yeah well, that makes way when more first, sense <laughs> when they first showed that I scene thought, I, was I was like, like oh, wow okay. <laughs> yeah when they first showed that scene i was like wow that's really dark and fucked up but then as they showed him being like severely bullied i was like well that actually kind of makes a lot of sense. That's how he would react, you know, because um, yeah. in his mind, in his fantasy, he's overtaking the bullies and and he's the one that's not, you know, being hurt. Okay. Um, so that makes me even yeah. less inclined to think that he could murder for her because he seemed much yeah. more innocent than the little boy in, in the Swedish version. Right. Also, and I, I think, heard um, I, I think heard let him... the right one in. Go on. I just think let the right one in let the right one in is such a is so much of a better title. Like I think let me in is actually a really stupid title and I dislike it. But I think let the right one in I is really great. Agree and that, I don't actually. know why they didn't why didn't they just choose the same title? Because all the other remakes of movies do that. They use the same title when they remake know. it in English. I don't know. Anyway, what were you saying? Well, no, they they don't always. They don't always. Um like uh, that, you know, I mean, I've talked about Vanilla Sky before, but the original is called Open Your Eyes. So, but also there's a reference to Open Your Eyes within Vanilla Sky. So it's not like it goes, you know. Um, no, I agree. I like the title of Let the Right One In better. Um, it kind of sounds creepier in my opinion. Like, it's like Let the Right One oh, yeah. In. So you're like, well, which is the right one? You know, like, what if I let the wrong one in? Then what's going to happen? You know? Right. Um, I also heard somewhere that in the book, because this is originally a book, that the the kid that plays um, or the, the 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 main character, the kid, his name is Oscar in the book. And uh, let me in. It's Owen. But Oscar or Oscar, I think is how you pronounce it. He um, he's like creepy, like he's like a creepy kid, like he's not a likable character. Um but I, I totally agree with you. I think that Owen in Let Me In was a little too innocent. And it seems like she's going to have to do a lot of work to convince him that it's like it's OK to kill people, you know, 
because I think that's what she has to equate it in his mind. Like, like violence and murder are fine as long as you're doing it for me, you know? Um, and he, he just, and it wasn't even just, I think that the, the actor that did the role did a good job, but I don't think looks wise that he fits that serial killer role either. You know, he's like, he's just got kind of a sweet little face. And, um, but then again, I also thought Dylan Minnette, who played the bully, had a sweet little face and he's really good at being a bully. (laughs) So yeah, I guess I could be wrong. (laughs) Yeah. He was, um, he was very creepy. He was, he was really like, it was sad. The bully scenes were really sad and it made me really sad when, um, he looked over, they were sitting, they were in class and they were watching the movie, the Romeo and Juliet movie. And the bully looked over, and you see Owen, and Owen is, like, really excited, and he's reading about Morse code. And then it just made me even more sad that he was happy about something, and the bully got, like, he had even more fire in him because he saw Owen happy about something, you know? And it was, those were were really good scenes, like, really intense and really sad. Yeah, very, uh, yeah. Um, And we'll definitely get to those as we go on, because... I wanted to talk about the opening scene. Um, first of all, the cop looked like the BTK killer. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, that was, like, the first thing I thought was, I was like, that dude looks just like Dennis Rader. <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> um, I think that might have been, like, the look, though, in the 80s. Like, because it's 83. So, it's like, it's, you know, I mean, the 70s have just ended, really, essentially, um, you know, people are still like have that look, um, that style and stuff like that. That's like carrying over from the seventies. Um, I don't remember there being much of a men- Well, okay. So actually, okay. Let me, let me pull that back. I was going to say, I don't remember there being a satanic panic, um, mention in let the right one in, but then I have to remember that let the right one in took place in Sweden and the satanic panic was happening in the United States. So, um, I thought that that was interesting that they had added that in and that makes a lot of sense as to, you know, this, this cop like freaking out and being like, what's going on? Like this was ritual sacrifice or whatever. It's very like, you know, satanic cult or whatever. Um, I really liked that aspect of it. I thought that was an interesting add on there, especially since that was such a big thing that was going on in the eighties that people were really freaking out about, uh, Satanists appearing and like people doing ritual sacrifice and all this stuff. Um, especially with children, that was like a big thing. So, um, I did have to say though, I, I felt that the director, Matt Reeves, was very, very pushy on the fact that it was the 80s to the point where I was like, okay, we get it. Like, there's Reagan on the on the TV, on the radio. There's, like, that whole, like, do you know where your children are after 10 p.m. or whatever? It's just, it was, it was so, it was, like, not, I wouldn't say it was, like, too much, but it felt a little, like, he could have just pulled it back just a little bit, and we still would have understood that it's in the 80s. You know what I mean? I didn't feel that way. I kind of liked, I thought it was pretty subtly a period piece. So that's interesting that you thought that. I yeah. didn't, 
I didn't it didn't bother me. I kind of liked it. I liked I liked that he wasn't like drinking new coke or whatever, you know. It was just like life in the eighties. <laughs> Was that and a I reference to our episode records. about Stranger Things season three? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought that in my, the way I was watching it, I thought it, they believably said it in a different time period, but they didn't, I didn't feel like they were too on the nose about it. No. But. No. Well, you know, I mean, you have different opinions than mine and yours are wrong no i'm kidding <laughs> i'm kidding i'm just being an ass i did really like i really liked that there was um there were fleeting moments of pop music to sort of emphasize certain things but the majority of the movie was like scored and yeah i thought that that was cool that he put on a record you know or you'd hear some music but it wasn't wasn't really used it was used very sparingly and i thought that was neat because it it made that pop out a little bit more and I thought that was cool yeah like the music of the time so that was something I enjoyed I I did too I I felt like he used a lot of ambient noise which I liked I liked the movie I was pretty impressed by it I thought it was I thought it was a decent film I definitely think it was um you know I liked it um I thought that there was it was super creative. I really like I really like how the little kid is super observant, so it makes sense that he would put together that something wasn't right when nobody yeah. else would. And I like that you could hear I really, really enjoyed when he could hear them through the wall and it sounded like two adult men talking. Yeah. And yeah. then you get into the room and it's the little girl talking to Richard Jenkins character. But in like this creepy, like adult man-sounding voice because she's a monster, you know. Oh yeah. And I yeah, really, really thought creepy. that was cool. And I, I thought that was a really cool effect. And he doesn't quite know how to put it together. I like that he sort of observes things with his telescope, so he could see the man lifting weights and the couple having a fight and then making up. And it's just really, really interesting it's a very like quiet movie in a way that works so well for the creepy factor and the lighting like it's very like blue and cold but then there's such beautiful orange warmth like orange warm lighting that comes in and i just i i think it's it's a really well-made movie um and i i really enjoyed the violence being like when Richard Jenkins goes out and he hides in someone's car to kill them, it's really creepy. He's wearing, like, the trash bag over his head, you know? It's very yeah. creepy. And then you see him pop up in the back seat, and this kid is driving, and he stops at a railroad crossing, and then the camera goes outside the car, so you don't actually see him killing him, you know? And then right. later... And it's a very subtle violence. Yeah, and later when the little girl... when you know, he has an accident and he loses all the blood that he collects. The little girl has to go out and she kills the guy that's exercising. And they they have her kill him from a distance. And I think that's really interesting because it doesn't get cheapened with special effects when they do that, you know? And she's like crazy. Okay. She's like crazy attacking him. 
And then, later in the movie, they totally ruin it when they make that woman light on fire in the hospital bed. And I hate that scene so much. I agree. Yeah. Um, And so, okay, I do want to talk about actually, like, um, that scene. Okay, that scene where she attacked the jogger, I actually did not like that. I thought that there was, like, this rapidity to her movement that I felt was ridiculous. Like, I couldn't quite get on board with that. It was, like, too fast, too rapid. It felt too animated. I, like, I didn't like it. I I was like, "Eh, okay, like, I guess. Like, if you want to do it that way, that's fine. But I was not on board with that scene. It really, I, like, I didn't like that. I didn't like the animated aspect of it, that she was moving so quickly. Um, I felt that it would have been a lot more interesting if you see her like wrestling the guy to the ground, like in normal speed and then drinking from him or whatever, just so you like see how strong she is without adding the animation of her being like very fast. Because in my opinion, the way that the, the way that like it was done, like how fast it was done was just, it was just weird. Like it could have been done better. I don't know how you felt about that but that I wrote that down like it like it bothered me enough where I was like ugh, I didn't like that so I did like that she attacked the jogger and that's where he found her though that was good because it was like it was very like what is he gonna do leave her there like of course he's gonna help her you know so it's like she puts herself into the situation where she's like I'm just a vulnerable little child like I need help and this guy's like oh well I'm not going to leave you here alone. Like, you know, of course I'm going to help you out. So, um, but it also is like a very eerie situation because they're in this like tunnel, you know, and she's sitting there with like, like has shorts on or a skirt on or whatever. So she's like, like, and it's the middle of winter, by the way, I had no idea that it snowed in New Mexico. Just FYI. I thought it was a warm place. I was very wrong about that. (laughs) I was thinking that as well. I thought when the movie started, the first time I saw the movie, when it started, I was like, New Mexico looks pretty snowy and cold there. And I thought it was weird that they would choose New Mexico instead of, I don't know, like Minnesota or any other northern state that it snows. But it was kind of neat for a little diversity. I didn't know it snowed either. But yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you in some, in some aspects. Um, the concept of her moving really fast and being, like, a killing machine and sort of, like, so wild that you couldn't, you can't really fight her off and so strong, I really, really, really like. I think the pitfall is that CG and animation isn't isn't there yet to make it, you know, it's yeah. like an uncanny valley sort of thing. Um, and I usually hate CG, but it didn't bother me as much as it bothered you, and I think it's because we see it in shadow, so the movement wasn't quite as offensive to me. But I totally get right. what you're saying, and I yeah, I think it 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 loses some of its appeal when it's obviously CG. But the concept, I think, it was was so good that it didn't bother me. And like I said, it was it was veiled, so you couldn't see it clearly. So I think that saved it for me. But I I know what you mean, like the unrealism. Yeah. It was, is, you yeah. know, it's just like a, it's a pitfall of relying on the technology so much. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that that, that certainly like, isn't going to ruin the rest of the film for me. Not even close. I like the movie, as I've said before. Um, so, but I did just, and 
it, it very it, as like you said it, it's very much kind of like a product of its time it came out in 2010 so it's 10 years old um uh, uh, you know again like what you said um technology has exploded in how good it's gotten you know um and but i just wish they had done something different in that scene um i so i um wanted to talk about uh owen looking at the <laughs> the couple that was like about to have sex i felt like that could have been that would have been an excellent scene to show him as like maybe a little bit of a deviant, you know, as far yeah. as his behavior. Mm -hmm. And I thought I, that that I fell that a little short. Yeah. And it's like, especially since the implication is that he's going with her to help her kill people, you know, or like, well, he's going to kill people for her. So, um, him, watching this couple and then like immediately like shrinking down and being like oh shit they saw me was it just felt like there could have been more that was done with it like he I know he's only 12 so he's obviously not you know probably really understanding what he's looking at but it still is you're still at that age where you like kind of get what's going on and I just felt like that was a perfect example or perfect part to show like maybe there's something wrong with this kid but they didn't really go into that and um it felt yeah, necessary I a little I, bit I agree with you I think that there was more than one opportunity that they could have just taken it a little bit further to show that he would be capable of the sort of task that's lying ahead of him and I think you're right. Like, as soon as he thought the woman was staring at him, he, like, ducked down. And then they closed the curtains. And I thought, on one hand, yeah, there's a giant light that's shining in his room, so maybe they could see him peeking. But on the other hand, I don't know if they would actually see him peeking, you right. know, at them well, with, with a telescope. Wasn't his room dark, too? So they wouldn't have been able to see inside, yeah. or was it? Yeah. yeah. So... That, I thought, too, was I was like, can she even see him? Like, because I, I was questioning that. I was like, I was like, oh, shit, she saw him. But then I was like, whoa, 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 wait. The, the logic of this isn't, that doesn't really make sense. Because you can't even see outside your window when the lights are on and it's dark outside. Like, yes, if, exactly. Not, yeah. not if you're not, like, unless you're, like, eyes. Like, if your hands and your eyes are, like, peeled to the glass and you're, like, you know, you're, like, you're, like, looking forward through the glass like right up to it then sure but if you're sitting what i imagine was at least five feet away which is what it looked like you're not gonna be able to see outside there's no way that she would have saw him um yeah and, and so I, I agree with you like i think go yeah, ahead sorry no, I, that was it <laughs> i just i think that um they probably for the rate for ratings purposes. Well, you no, know, it was rated R, I think, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. Or is it PG thirteen? Um, so yeah, they could have showed a little bit more. Because I was thinking when I watched it, I was thinking maybe they couldn't show more because of they wanted to keep it within like PG thirteen. But if it's, I think it's rated R, and so they it is rated R. Probably could have shown a little bit more just to show him, like you said, being a little bit of like a like a peeper, a deviant, you know? Yeah. And yeah. So I, I know exactly what you're saying. 
Yeah. Um, he was just too innocent, and in that he was. That's the the main thing. I just, you know. So they showed him hitting Dylan Minnette's head with that uh, metal pole, which. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, I didn't feel sorry for that child at all. I was like, "Fuck you! Don't be a piece of shit." <laughs> you know, like. Um, yeah, they pretty much terrorized he, him. Yeah, I mean, when he fell to the ground, he started screaming. I actually thought he was doing it intentionally overreacting to, like, get the attention of the teacher to be like, this kid did this to me. Can you believe that? Like, but then they showed, like, how badly he fucked up his ear. And I was like, shit. I'm like, that is bad, man. Like, whoa. Um I didn't even know a metal pole could, like, split an ear like that. So I was like, whoa. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, your ears but, are actually pretty fragile. Like, have you ever seen, like, wrestlers or boxers? What happens to their they, ears? They have the cauliflower being, ears. Like, yeah, yeah, I think your ear your ear is just cartilage, and I think it's, it's actually pretty fragile, is what I've always yeah. sort of assumed. Yeah. I mean, I have a little, I have a little bit of, um, like, a cartilage scar on my ear when I had that piercing that like they didn't do right that the place I went to I didn't I didn't realize that the metal pole could do that much damage but then when he's going swimming for so when Owen's going swimming for the first time and he's like actually confident enough to take off his clothes and to like actually get in a swimsuit I was like good for him like he's you know he's kind of picking up his confidence and now he's got a friend so he's feeling a little bit better about himself um and he, like, he ran back to his locker to pull out that knife. I really felt like that would have been a great time to show him, like, trying to slash at them or something. Yeah. Just, I mean, just at least a minor injury. Just to show, like, at least he's like, oh, I am, like, I'm, you know, I'm going to fight back or I'm going to kill this person. But, I, and I, I know we've we've gone through this over and over again, but you're right. He was too innocent. There wasn't enough of a of a showing that there could be a potential psychopath um, in the English speaking version. Whereas in the Swedish speaking version, I felt like you're kind of like, okay, yeah, I can see this kid killing someone. Like he's, he's a little bit of a creep. Um, and I think, so, I think when he yeah. was hitting the, when he hit the kid in the face with the pole, he didn't intentionally want to do that to his ear. He was, yeah. It was basically like a self-defense move because the kids threatened him that they were going to put him in the water, like under the ice, oh, yeah. they were ice skating. So he just swung and he happened to hit the kid's ear. So I think that if that, maybe that motion had been done with a little bit more intentionality, it would have shown his character having, yep. a, having an affinity for violence. And then, like you said, like, he should... I agreed with you. He should have slashed or, like, tried to stab or something. Yeah. Because, yeah, because he just seemed... He seemed too much like a victim reacting instead of somebody who was actually taking charge. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and that just opens up the question of, in the future, when she does need to feed, is he going to be able to do it? You know, um, cause I would say no, uh, as more is what is most likely, you know, is that no, he's too sweet and he's too kind. I mean, he like gives her presents and he like buys her, you know, candy and stuff like that. And so he's obviously, I, 
a, a, a like I don't know I I just think that there should have definitely been more to show that he was capable of such violence. Um, yes, I, and, I agree. Yeah. And so I had a question for you, or I guess it's not really a question, but it's more like, well, it's a question. <laughs> it's like, what do you think about this? So there is a scene where she's like, they're in the, on the playground outside of the apartment. And he goes, Oh, you smell weird. And then later she has fed and she goes, how do I smell now? And I was wondering, I'm like, like, does her body start like, like, is there something about her that maybe makes her like give off the smell of maybe she's like rotting or something if she doesn't like feed or that's just an idea. I don't know how, how interesting or how, you know, true I am to that. But that seemed, it seemed interesting to me that she like, the feeling I got was that she just smelled like, like she smelled off, you know? And then when she fed, it was like, Oh, you smell like clean or you smell like a healing or whatever. Um, what do you think about that? That's a really good question. And I, I contemplated that myself and I can't decide because on one hand I was thinking, she was pretty dirty and she looked kind of unkempt when they met the first time. And he said, you smell funny. And then she fed. And the next time she saw him, he saw her, she was wearing like boots and her hair was combed and she just was like more looking like a normal girl. And so I couldn't figure out if she just like fed and then took a shower and tried more because she saw potential in him. Or if like you said, she started like, decomposing because she didn't have blood to keep her quote-unquote alive and I I honestly don't know I think your I think your assumption that maybe she starts smelling sort of like rotten is probably a good assumption like she was hungry and so her body was starting to decompose I guess and I thought that was a really it was the movie got so many really nice subtle things right and I think right. that's another like little subtle thing because like kids, kids at that kids at that age and younger aren't really afraid to say something like you smell funny, no. you know. And oh yeah, I, I no, definitely that was not. Really cool. Yeah, yeah. We're, like whereas an adult would be like, oh, that child smells weird, but I'm not going to say anything because I'm an adult and I understand that that's not like the social con, you know, social contract or whatever. You don't you don't mention that type of thing, um, right? I would really like that, though, if that was part of the lore, if she did start to rot when she didn't feed, because I think that would be a really interesting concept, because then it, it, it kind of makes you wonder, like, okay, so if if she doesn't feed for, like, let's say, like, a year, um, does her body just decompose completely, or does she live on, but, like, only looking a specific way, like, maybe she looks really, like, worn down or something, or... You know, I don't know, um, but, and I don't, I don't know how, I, I guess I just, I don't know, but I thought it was such a cool idea that, like, maybe she's, like, like, her body's slowly falling apart if she doesn't feed every week or however long it is. Um, I would guess, like, it seems like maybe once a week she needs to be fed because, like, two people died, so that's, and they were, it was, like, two weeks, so... 
Well, there was something Maybe. something interesting. Yeah, I, I think I don't think you're wrong, but something that I thought was weird was when when the dad when the dad character killed that first boy and like hung him uh-huh. upside down and was draining his blood, he drained it into like a giant, I don't know, maybe a gallon container. And then he trips in the ice and he drops the blood and loses it and she has to go feed. And it doesn't seem like she feeds very long on anybody. No. Like she, and I, so I was wondering like, was the blood that he was collecting like for reserves? They never explain that. And maybe I'm thinking too deep into it, but she doesn't seem like she feeds very long when she bit people. No. And so I was wondering if maybe that blood was sort of like her food for many days or something. I don't know. They don't ever I wonder, go in too deep into it. Yeah, I wonder too because so the there was that uh, neighbor Virginia, and she got bit right and was in the hospital, and then she starts turning into a vampire. So, I was wonder. Oh, well, first of all, and and let the right one in because I looked it up on Wikipedia because it's been a long time since I've seen it. It's been maybe, it's probably been like ten years to be honest with you. Um, but in Let the Right One In, she knows that she's turning into a vampire, and so she asks the nurse to open up the wind, open up the um, the shades so that she oh, she okay. dies. Yeah. Versus in this one, she's like, for some reason, drinking her own blood, or I guess it's other people's blood that's in her body, which is really gross. <laughs> either way, like either way, whatever. The whole situation is gross. Um, and um, and then the nurse opens the, you know, opens the window and 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 everything like that. But I'm wondering what. So if Virginia changed into a vampire. Is it is the difference between or like, I guess, what is the boundary between what changes you and what doesn't change you. And I think my theory is the boundary is that the reason she did start becoming a vampire is because other people's blood was put in her. Whereas someone who is bitten would just die. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I think that, I think that that probably is a good assumption. Um, or maybe, maybe hand in hand with that, um, Somebody who's bitten and loses X amount of blood would die, but she um, got kind of her, she got kind of interrupted when she was feeding off of Virginia as well, so she probably didn't drink whatever that mystery amount is, but I think that's a good theory about the other blood as well. Can we talk about that scene? Because I am like chomping at the bit about that scene. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay. So there's some things about that scene that I really, really like, and there's Wait, some are you things talking that about, I really, really hate. What are you talking about? The scene where she bites her in the in the courtyard? Or are you talking about in the in, in the, the hospital? Uh, hospital. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so I really like how the scene opens up, and the detective is talking to the husband, and the husband was like, "Yeah, they gave her like six pints of blood, and." We just want to see if her body's going to take it or reject it. And then you sort of kind of see her, like, waking up. But you can tell something's off because she's, like, her eyes are kind of, like, rolled back. And she's kind of moving in slow motion. And then the camera turns or comes out. And you're – so we're watching the detective and the husband. The detective is asking the husband questions because he sees correlations with, like, 
the other murders that have happened with the guy that lives in the building and, and Abby. And in the background, you see her sort of come awake and start to yeah. like drink her own blood. And I love that. I think that's so cool just having it be in the background. And then the nurse comes in and it's totally ruined because you get this up close shot of her drinking her own blood. And then she opens the curtains and it's so terrible. She lights on fire and the special effects are so gross. Not gross as in like disgusting, but gross as in embarrassing. And I was <laughs> so Mike and I were watching this movie. I at totally the same agree time, with you, by the way, was, which is why I'm laughing. <laughs> like I totally 100 percent agree with you. I texted Mike because he was watching it at the same time I was and the nurse lights on fire and like walks for a second and I texted Mike and I said I don't care how serious a scene is I cannot take someone walking on fire seriously it's ridiculous (laughs) and Mike said something that I think is probably the best uh like The best explanation of that scene is that the filmmakers found a bag of money and decided to go wild with special effects in just that scene because (laughs) it was so bad. The special effects were so bad. And I really like the concept of her opening the curtains. Like I and I told him I kind of wanted to watch the Swedish one again because I couldn't remember how they dealt with that or if that was even in the Swedish one. And the way you described it sounds so much better. And I don't know how the special effects looked in that one, but... I really like, I think the scene, and Mike and I talked about this, like the scene could have been so good if you just saw it in the background and the nurse opened the curtains and the woman like went up in like smoke and then, you know what I mean? Yeah. But the yeah, nurse no, lighting on fire I and walking around in totally the agree. terrible special effects, so bad. Yeah, I totally, well, I, so what I remember and let the right one in, it, which is not a lot, but what I remember was that it was kind of an emotional scene was that like the woman was figuring out that she was a vampire and she's like, okay, well just let me die then because I can't be a vampire. Um, Where's this? And I think that is really like, I think that scene is really kind of just like, it shows the difference between how American cinema does horror and everyone else does horror because American mm-hmm. cinema does horror over the top and it, it stops being scary after a while. Like, it's like, I don't, I'm, I'm assuming that you've never seen it, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Have you ever seen The Woman in Black? It's with Daniel Radcliffe. No. Okay. It's, it's not good. I would never, ever recommend that movie to anyone. Um, I feel like that movie, almost the same way that I feel about Insidious, like, it's just like, there, the beginning of Women in Black is extremely creepy because you never see the woman in black, but you know that she's there or like you see shadows of her or something. But then you like see her like in full gear and like her full face. And all of a sudden it's not fucking scary anymore. I just totally spat. That was disgusting. <laughs> um, it's not fucking scary anymore because you're like, oh, it's just like a normal person. So what I totally agree with you in that scene is that if they had shown it from far away where she's like, especially the the part where she's feeding on her arm is super creepy, yeah. but not yeah. up close. And it's like, and I, it's just, and, and that I think is exactly the reason why I can say without a doubt that I definitely like let the right one in a lot more. I think that um, there are, 
you know, it's like it's like the descent versus the descent two. I'm pretty sure the descent two was written by a bunch of American people, and the descent the first one was like written by like a Welsh guy or whatever, like a guy from the UK. But like again, the subtlety between the descent and the descent two is like vastly different. It's so different that it's like it shouldn't even be in the same realm of storyline. But like, it's just it's it's. I, I'm 100% on board with what you said. I totally agree. I think that it's like you see it and then you see the nurse like bursting into flames. And my first thought was I was like, stop, drop and roll, bitch. You didn't learn that in school. Come on. <laughs> like, you and know? I think <laughs> the thing is, I think that the movie, the rest of the movie before that and after that, I think they do so well with subtlety. Like, I do too. The scene where he's getting held underwater and you see like the severed head of the boy oh fall that on was him. so and, like, good the other little boy you know the other guy like it raked through the water like i think there's so much good subtlety and so much good like abstract violence this scene is a total anomaly like i have yeah. no idea why why it happened because they did they did they made such good decisions in other parts of the movie yeah so it's very weird. But yeah, I it's, think you make a good point. I agree. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, it's, there's just something to be said about subtlety in a horror film. And I find over and over again that the best horror films are just not American films. They're not. Like, I, I can I I don't know. I, I there's a couple that I can think of that were really good. Um I'm I'm gonna ask this question knowing that you're probably gonna say no too to this one, but have you ever seen Sinister? No. It's with Ethan Hawk. Okay. Um that one like really freaked me out. <laughs> like it there's a scene where this family gets like it's it's tied up on the ground and like it's ran over by like a lawnmower and it's super it's like super super disturbing and you don't ever like see anything happen to them but you can hear them screaming and it's like really disturbing and but again like that movie freaked me out because it was subtle I watched the second one the second one wasn't that good it was not again the subtlety was kind of lost in the second one but I don't know. There's there's just something to be said about taking the time and realizing, like, you don't have to show everything in order to make it scary. In fact, you shouldn't because it's scarier when you don't, you know, like, and I feel very strongly about this because it very much irritates me because I really like horror movies. And it's like a lot of touch and go with horror movies because you can start out and be like, wow, this movie's great. And then you're watching it and you're like, just kidding. This is trash. This is garbage. I just wasted two hours of my life watching this piece of shit movie. Thanks very much. <laughs> or you're like me and you just stop halfway through and walk away from it and never touch it again because I'm like, I, I ain't got time to watch an entire scary movie that I'm not going to be scared over. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, I so I read... <clears throat> There's also something I wanted to talk about with the mom and not showing her face. I read somewhere that the reason that you don't see the mom's face is because she is supposed to be an absent character. And with her not showing her face is kind of like, is kind of making it so, like, you just, you don't know what she looks like because she's just, like, not there for her kid. And 
Um, I thought that was I thought that was well done too. It seemed like the dad. I wasn't. I wasn't sure how I felt about the father, and I know that he was a very very small part, but I kind of like when uh, Owen was on the phone with him. It, it seemed like the guy cared about his kid, but obviously not enough to like kind of like be there for him. It seemed. Um, it seemed like both of his parents were a little bit like they they like they didn't really care. Um, but there's like that scene where she's on the phone with him and she's like, don't talk to me like that, blah, blah, blah. And then you see her crying later. And I was just like, so like, what is it about this dude? Like, it, it, like, you know, and I, I was just cu- kind of curious as to how their, how their story went and what kind of relationship he had with his father. Cause he didn't seem like he really had one, you know? Yeah. I kind of got, I got some like ET vibes. Um, cause there's a really deep, well, wait, wait, wait. ET vibes. There. Yeah. Like the movie? Like, yeah. What like other, the, the, what, or, oh, no, okay. the, like <laughs> entertainment tonight. The TV show about celebrity love. No. I like that you like the theme. Did you, you ever the see the movie song? E.T.? Yeah. Have you I, ever seen the I movie saw E.T.? I have seen the movie E.T., yeah. Um, I don't. Okay. I don't. Well, they were showing it at um, at work like a couple months ago last year or whatever. Remember? Um, mm-hmm. And that was the first time I'd seen it in like probably 20 years. So it's been a long time. Okay, well, yeah. I got sort of, like, what I mean by that is there's sort of a really deep and sad storyline of him, his parents are getting divorced, and mm-hmm. he is a latchkey kid for sure, and his mom is so, it, the divorce is fresh, obviously, they're not fully divorced yet because he tells Abby that they're getting divorced so you're led to assume that the dad probably moved out relatively recently, or maybe they all lived in a house together, and so him and his mom had to move into this apartment, or and his dad lives somewhere else, because his mom is sort of checked out, and I think that's sort of an emotional... She's emotionally distant because she's losing her husband, and her marriage has fallen apart, and that reminded me a lot of E.T., how the dad was totally non-existent because the dad had moved on. He went to Mexico, with, or he went on vacation with his new girlfriend or wife or whatever, and the mom is left home, and she's so distant, she's so checked out that she doesn't even realize there's an alien living in her house, you know? Yeah, Well, this yeah. mom, this mom in this movie is very similar. You know, she cares about her kid, but I think what's happening in her life with her marriage is taking precedence, and so he's left to his own devices, and she's checked out, or her kid is hanging out with a vampire, you know? Yeah, well, so, getting bullied, and, I think and she's, like, not even noticing that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it's really interesting because there's a scene where he takes some money from her wallet while she's in the shower, and then he takes Abby to an arcade, and they have fun at the arcade, and they're there for a while, and then he comes back into the courtyard and the mom is calling off the balcony for him. And she's like, Owen, I told you to stay in the courtyard. And he was like, I've been here the whole time. And she goes, okay, well, it's dinner time. So she's <laughs> such a hands-off parent that he was off campus at an arcade for who knows how long. And she didn't even realize it. So I really, I think there's like 
another example of a very subtle, deep well of emotion in that storyline that they really don't explore very much. But then when he's on the phone with his dad, it's really sad because he's trying, like, he just saw Abby. He just saw what she was. He figured out, he, he learned that she was a vampire because he saw her, or, or he tried to do, like, the blood the blood brother thing with her and yeah, she like yeah. ate the blood and that's when she attacked Virginia in the courtyard and he's just really scared and he calls his dad and his dad is like instead of his dad really engaging with him and asking if he's okay his dad immediately is like your mom is crazy she's too religious she's this you know yeah. and, the, and Owen is like and at the end it really broke my heart because he said I love you and the dad just hung hung up the phone the dad didn't say I love oh, you back oh yeah it's so yeah. sad so I think they're just like caught up in their own they're so caught up in their own situation and he's relatively independent and I think that you know it makes it easy for them to let him be a latchkey kid and that's not good. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying I right. think that's yeah. Yeah. Well and and also Owen mentions to his dad he's like um he says do you think that like real evil as a thing. And I felt like that was a good question to ask, especially as a kid, because you could like the dad could have been like, well, you know, you're going to find bad people wherever you go. You know, like it could have been a good lesson, but instead yeah. it was just like, Oh, your mom's putting like these ideas into your head and she's so religious and it's like, blah, blah. blah. And it's just like, maybe like take the time out and actually like, I don't know raise your child like it's a crazy idea yeah you know um but instead he yeah yeah. and well instead he just attacked the mom which is very i mean is is very bad for a child that is is 12 years old he's in his formative years and he's growing up and he's seeing like this is how his father treats his mom so in his mind maybe like it's okay to that that being like okay in the future for a woman that he has a relationship with you know i mean you're you're kind of assuming that that's probably not going to happen because abby is going to be like his probably like his only focus really um and but i i think that it's it's just a just a they're just so distant there's nothing there and also I just was really frustrated by the fact that this kid was being so aggressively bullied to the point where they were like willing to let him die. And the mom is just totally clueless. It's like, like your, your, your kid's going to die. And then you're going to be like, I don't understand what happened. Like, well, I don't know. You can pay attention like that. That's a crazy idea, you know? And, oh God, terrible. Yeah. Terrible. I really, I, <laughs> I agree. I I couldn't believe how intense the bullying was, except I think it's another, like, product of the times. Like, in the 80s, I don't think there was quite the emphasis on bullying as there is now. Yeah. But there were some things I really liked. Um, it was really nice when he took Abby to their, like, a little room that, and Mike pointed this out, too, something he liked, that he took her down to that little basement room and he was like, yeah, there used to be a teenager that lived here and he would, he would, you know, bring his friends here and hang out. But when they weren't around, he'd play ping pong with me. And that was like a really sweet thing. Like he had 
that friend. And then I really liked um, the, it was very, very brief. You don't really see it often, but the gym teacher was like helping him learn to swim. He's like, we're going to start yeah. at the pool today at the very end. And then the gym teacher was sort of giving him one-on-one -on -one attention. And I thought that was really nice. So there's like people, there are certain people in his life that take an interest, but just not enough right. to help him with anything, you know? And I had a question for you. And okay. this is something that I've been, I've been wondering about since I saw the movie the first time is, do you think Abby is playing him the whole time and as soon as he becomes her partner basically she's gonna turn into the the vampire that yelled you know the, the the version that yelled at Richard Jenkins in the beginning like do you think she was just playing sweet to win him over or do you think they'll probably have this like innocent friendship for a long time and then when he's older and he starts messing up that's when she'll get mean you know what I mean? Like, because she wrote him yeah. that really nice letter. And I just, I can't decide if she's being sweet to him just to get him and then she'll turn into a monster. Or if she'll be, if they'll be, like, bosom buddies for decades until he starts getting too old and then right. she'll put the charm um, on with somebody else. Okay, first let me say, I, I love that the handwriting didn't look like a child's handwriting. Um, oh, I love that too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. It was like very beautiful handwriting. I was like, shit, I wish mine looked like that. But mine looks like a like drunk panda grabbed a stick and wrote something in the mud. I mean, it's trash compared to that, like handwriting, you know? So um, I love but, the subtlety um, of showing that she's probably hundreds of years old and she yeah. learned, you know, she's very refined because she's so old. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's also like, that is just to just to go off before I answer your question, um, having showing that is a great way to show like, oh, she isn't a little girl. She's something more than a little girl because 12 year old children don't write like that. They don't have that beautiful handwriting, um, you know, that she did. So but to answer your question, my feeling is that I think she was genuine. I think she was genuine in her care for him. Uh, I think if she wasn't, um, I'm, I'm not sure. I think if she wasn't, she just wouldn't have been so, like, like she was willing to put her own self in danger to, like, when she stepped inside and he said what's going to happen if I say you can't come in and she stepped inside and her like head started bleeding and everything and she was like shaking um because she was showing him like I care so to me it seems like there is a genuineness to her however I could definitely see like 60 years down the road or 50 years down the road whatever and he is, you know, getting older and he's starting to, you know, not be as quick and, and, um, I don't know, maybe as good as he was or whatever that, yeah, she could turn into that kind of monster. I could see that for sure. But yeah. I can also see after living with someone for that long, for decades and decades that maybe there is a sort of resentment that grows because he can go out and he can do stuff, but she can't, and she's always going to be stuck there. And, 
Um, especially like if she was an adult vampire, she could probably have like somewhat of a normal human life. But as a kid, what can you really do? You know, I mean, I would imagine being yeah. a child vampire would be incredibly boring. Incredibly. I was thinking about that when they when they were riding away in the train together and she was in like the chest and he was in the, the seat. I was like, where are they going to go? Yeah. Like, what are they going to do for money? And, and how are they going to live? Because there's, you know, it's not like he can get a job or something. And I know no. she had all that. She had some money like piled up in the apartment that he saw, but they never really explained where that came from, you know? So I thought well, that she... was interesting at the end. Like, how's it going to work? Yeah. They, well, they had a lot of diamond rings. Did you ever notice that? There was like oh, a no, bunch of, di- yeah, there was a bunch of diamond rings that they had like scattered kind of around where all these wallets were. Cause there was all these wallets. There was a bunch of IDs oh. of different people and there was a bunch of diamond rings. Yeah. So I think that he probably doesn't have a job that the, the father, Richard Jenkins character, and instead he's just stealing from the victims that he's already killed. Because a diamond is a, is worth a lot of money. If you get a big one, you know, I mean, you could last for a long time just on diamond money, really. Um, and, yeah, so I, I don't, I, I would imagine that there's, like, eventually there's a way that he gets around um, kind of even being seen as, like, a person. And I mean, like, a person, not like he changes into a vampire, but I mean, like, as a person who was recognized by the United States government. You know what I mean? Like, he might be able to fly under the radar yeah. or not have a social security number or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, but you're right. I mean, they're two little kids. It's not like they can go and rent a place, you know? Um, right. <laughs> what are they going to do? Like, oh, yeah, my dad's coming, you know? Like, I'm just 10 years old, but my dad will be here soon to pay for the hotel room that we're staying in or the apartment or whatever. It's just... They would, I think what would happen is that they would have to get someone else involved, someone who's older, and trick them into working for them to get them the things that they need. Um, yeah, so I did have a question about, um, I noticed that all the people that the, the dad killed were men. Oh, yeah. That he never, like, victimized a woman. And do you think, what do you think was the choice, like... Do you think it was because he was killing for necessity and not because he had enjoyment from it? Or was that a stylized, a stylistic choice from the director, do you think? I, w- I was just curious, because it seems like it'd be so much easier for him to find a woman to kill, but he always killed young men. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I guess I didn't think of that. I think maybe... Maybe men are less um, aware of their surroundings or something. Maybe that could be part of it. Um, maybe he finds, maybe it's not so much that he finds a man, but he finds a car that's open, unlocked. Yeah, that could be. I mean, it could be, it could be purely convenience. I personally don't think that there's probably any deeper meaning to that. Um I would say... Well, I was, no, I was just wondering if maybe, like, he didn't get to have an adolescence. He didn't really get to have a prime of life. Because you see, like, the picture of her with a little boy on, like, the 
like the photo booth thing that, that Owen finds in their apartment. So I assume that he's probably been with her since he was that Owen's age. Yeah. And so I was wondering, I was wondering if that's why he chose like teenage, older teenage boys because he never got to have like that sort of oh. youth. Or if if maybe they just didn't want to show a man killing a woman. I don't know. I thought it was interesting because he definitely had a type for who he he went for. Yeah, you're right. I, you know what? I like that. I think, I think that should be it. Even if it's not, I think that should be it. I think that's good. Okay. I mean, I think it's good. I think it's observant. I think it makes sense. It's, um, because like, you know, when, when someone is a serial killer, they go after the person that they cannot have. So, um, you know, someone like Edmund Kemper, went after young co-ed women because his mom worked with a lot of co-eds. So he would murder these women because it was like in his mind, it was like, I'm killing my mother by killing these co-eds and that's making her angry. And that's what I want to do or something like that. I don't, I don't know if he ever wanted to like make her angry because I think he wanted her approval, but I think that that's a good, I think it's a good concept is that, He's going after what he can't have or what he was denied. So, yeah. If, yeah, if he was denied having a childhood, having teenage years, like even having a relationship or um, even like a, you know, even like a sexual moment with another woman was probably something that never happened for him because he was always right. with her. So you seeing these young, boisterous guys. Yeah, I could I could see him totally being like, no fuck you, you young kid, I'm going to murder you because I'm really mad. So, bye-bye, yeah. you know? Yeah, so it was interesting. Yeah. It was just something that I noticed, but it was a good movie. I would recommend it. I would recommend watching both of them. Yes, I I would too. I I liked it. I thought it was good. I, I, I wasn't really necessarily surprised that I liked it, but I... I'm glad that I did. I I would personally say that I would recommend Let the Right One In. I think it's a lot. I think it's better. Um, but I think that as far as remakes go, it's a pretty decent remake. It's, you know, it it it's it fits. It's good. It's they did a good job. Matt Reeves is yeah. he's good. He's a good director. So yeah, it's a really good movie. Yeah, but other than that, yeah, I mean, I recommend them. They're on Hulu if you want to watch them. Where um. As we said, during quarantine, they've extended it to the 28th, so that's super fucking fun. Um, I almost, I was, okay, I was on a, um, like, a video chat yesterday with, like, a bunch of the, um, like, the the West Michigan Geeks, that group that I'm part of, and Mm -hmm. um, one of the guys was like, oh, yeah, they extended this day at home till the 28th, and I just felt like the world was, like, crumbling in on me. For, like, it was a very quick feeling, but it sucked. And I was just like, oh, my yeah. God, I'm stuck inside for another goddamn three weeks. And I was like, why? Why? Like, I was so close felt, to reaching the end. And now it's... I felt similarly when they announced that at work, when they announced that we'd be working from home for the next 90 days. Oh, my I, God. But that's why we're trying to do stuff on Hulu and Netflix, because... We want it to be accessible. You can stream it. Yeah, we want it to be accessible yeah. to our listeners and um, obviously accessible to us. So, you know, I mean, 
It is what it is. It's on a global level. We just got to keep reminding ourselves that everyone is experiencing the same thing we are. It's an extraordinary time to be a human being because we are all feeling the same way. And that's a pretty interesting concept. It's pretty interesting, you know, that and scary, but it's just the way it is. That's the way the world is right now. And it'll be, you know, this too shall pass. And we just have to keep reminding ourselves that it's not going to be forever. It may seem like it. It may feel like it, but it's not. And we'll all get through it together. And so, therefore, if y'all want to talk, catch me on Instagram. <laughs> I'm on there all the time. If you want to DM us, if you want to send us, um, you know, ideas that you, w- you would love to have us review, please have them be on Netflix, on Hulu. We cannot 100% promise you that we're going to do them. You know, if you're if you're feeling down and out and you're a fan of us and if you want to reach out, you just want to talk like fucking do it. I will be so happy to just like talk to you if you're out there, if you're listening, one of our listeners, you know, um, we're on Facebook and we have watches of email at gmail or watches of <laughs> watches of movies, watches of, email. <laughs> watches, of <laughs> uh, watches of movies at gmail.com and you know, we really like doing this, so we give us five stars on iTunes. That's how we get out there. And also, we'd like to thank Mike for our theme music, our amazing, awesome theme music. And his Twitter handle is his Twitter handle is the Mike Show at the Mike Show forty two. Yep. And he's very talented. So thanks, Mike. Yeah, thank you, Mike. It's a crazy time. It's a crazy time in this world, and we're all in it together. So for our listeners out there, we love you guys, and you're awesome. And, you know, just keep keep doing what you're doing. Just stay safe. So bye. Bye. <laughs>